Battle Ready Broadcast, believing what it says. Okay, welcome back to Battle Ready. Thank you for joining us. We are in First Chronicles. We finished last week with um, Saul. We talked about the death of Saul and Jonathan. I believe we're in chapter 11. Uh, I'm glad that you're joining us. Get your Bibles, get, get your books open. Let's see what we can get into today. Go ahead and start us in, Laura. <laughs> okay, so I'll give a little background about, uh, you mentioned last time that you like to know what's going on in the world. I do. I like the timelines. Okay, part. so if you look up, the reign of David is from 1010 BC to about 970 BC is when he reigns. And it tells us in the second book of Samuel that he's 30 years old when he begins to reign. I yes. said last week something like he ran from Saul for 40 years, which is not true. <laughs> so ignore that piece of uneducated of information that I gave you. But he did run for 15 years mm -hmm. from him because he's anointed as a young man still living in his father's house. When he's a shepherd out watching the sheep, he was anointed by Samuel the first time. He I'm not trying about, to rush what was this. He, about 15 at that point. Isn't that right? Yes. About 15. Then he spends 15 years serving Saul and running from Saul because Saul will at one moment love him and the next yeah. moment try to kill him. That's true. That's and true. that happens for a long time. And it's important to our chapter today that we think about that he was not all by himself during this period. But even during the 15 years of running, hiding, evading, being persecuted, being uh, manipulated by Saul, he's learning how to know and trust wise, strong, good men that he can count on. He's learning and those, to lead and he's learning to be a king. He's learning to be a leader, but he's also learning that a leader doesn't do anything by himself. A leader is someone who relies on the people that he surrounded himself with, mm -hmm. that he can learn who to trust and who not to trust, who to, who to count on, who not to count on. And David, in this chapter and in chapter 12 both, we see these men that were were with David in the bad times. Mm -hmm. His, what do they call them? His <clears throat> mighty men. His mighty men and these loyal people to him. And you find out what kind of men they were. And I think, um, but, we think, you know, if God's going to anoint David at 15 or so years old, we don't have an exact date when he was. Lessons. Mm -hmm. For David to be in a place where God can use him the way God uses David as king of Israel. Mm -hmm. And he had a lot to learn. Which I mean, even though he's a good us, man, right? he has a lot to we learn. We might know our calling. <clears throat> we might think we know what we're doing. But we also end up with hardships that make us and mold us into what God needs us to be. So the, the you, world's learning lessons. You asked me about yes, what's I going always, on. This is a David's really learning like. lessons. When he, uh, it, it, there's a connection here. So well, let's, let's talk about that. We're going from the ancient world coming into we're coming into the classical age we're coming into the age where we've got iron they call it the iron age in david's time so weapons now are iron and steel tools are iron and steel um things are changing in the world around him egypt is on the decline Babylon and Assyria are just beginning their ascent. They're just beginning. But if you look, if you would even Google right now what's happening in 1000 BC around the area, you're going to hear about David. He's the biggest thing going. In the, the whole, nation of Israel so wait, is the wait, biggest wait, thing going historically in, in the at that time. the whole history of the world. Right. He, that's what's going to pop up. Is we're going to talk about this Davidic kingdom that has begun in Israel and how mighty and strong and powerful they were. Mm -hmm. This is a big deal. If you think about what's going on in the Americas, you have the ancient Olmecs. Have you guys ever seen those huge heads? Those huge mean? stones heads that are on Easter Island. Oh, yes. They're just the heads. You think, where's the bodies? <laughs> Their bodies are <laughs> over there. <laughs> those, those huge, those, the Olmecs, they, well, they're, they're on the decline. And the Mayans are coming in to power. You know, that's what's going on on the other side of the world. Uh, the Phoenicians are just now inventing an alphabet. Really? At King they, they're time. coming into the alphabet, which our alphabet is roughly based on the Phoenician alphabet. Things evolve and, you know, change, but that's what's going on. Which Things are happening. because Moses got a written law long before that. We talk about how brilliant the Greeks are, and, you know, Rome is built on Greece, and our democracy is built on Greece. Well, at this time, when David's ruling, they're in their dark ages. They're basically barbarians in a way. What's really going on with intelligence and and poetry and beauty is happening around Israel. This is what the history that's going on. Not that it's not all over the world. God made people in his image and they're talented and gifted. But what's really going on is David. 
you know, things are happening around him. So if we were talking about the most important news of the day, we'd be talking about David. You're talking about David. And and, and this, this account that we have in chapter 11 is not the beginning of David's story. Obviously, if you go back 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, we hear about him from a young man and the things that he's done. But this is the beginning of that kingdom of which God says, I'll put, a th- I'll put someone on your throne forever. And he mm-hmm. means Jesus the Messiah, David's mm-hmm. line. Like this is the very start. And what we have in chapter 11 is everybody coming together in Israel to, to recognize to that David the is the king. Because actually we have, we have a <clears throat> small group, correct me if I'm wrong, we've got Judah who thinks David should be king. But then we've got Saul's son, what is it, Ishbosheth? I can't say Ishbosheth. Ishbosheth, yeah. And there are people that want him that. to be king. So just what there are three times David's anointed king. He's anointed king at around 15 years old in his father's house. When God meant say, what he said. He was king say, from that moment. Him, he yeah. is the king that God anointed. But then he's anointed again. And I wrote down the different things if you want to know. It's in First Samuel. Uh, chapter 16 we're not turned there no, but, but when now, when he's anointed again he's anointed at Judah recognizes him mm-hmm. his own tribe that he's from yeah but not everybody and now he's being anointed by the entire nation of Israel and he pulls them all together with everybody's coming too. together and there's this is the reason they're coming together mm-hmm. Saul's dead Saul's dead Saul's son Ishbosheth rules for like five to seven years I can't remember the number yeah, but it's like five to seven killed. years but he's not he's not acknowledged by everybody. He's acknowledged about some of the tribes are thinking he is. He's dead. Mm-hmm. David is anointed king. Everybody's gathered together to anoint David king. And um, that's where we start in chapter 11, if you want to read the first three verses so, or so. verse 11, we're in First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 1. <clears throat> it says, Then all Israel gathered themselves to David unto Hebron, saying, Behold, we are thy bone and thy flesh. And moreover, in time past, even when Saul was king, thou wast he that leddest out and broughtest in Israel. And the Lord thy God said unto thee, Thou shalt feed my people Israel, and thou shalt be ruler over my people Israel. So they're acknowledging they already know God has done this. Therefore came all the elders of Israel to the king, to Hebron, and David made a covenant with them in Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel according to the word of the Lord by Samuel. Okay, so when they say to him, David, we're your bone and your flesh. Mm-hmm. This is an idea that goes throughout the scripture. It's in the New Testament too. It's the idea that there is one head, but there's a body. Mm-hmm. He said, okay, God, you, we trust you, David. Be, and, and we're going to talk about why they trust David mm-hmm. in these four verses. We trust you, David, to be the leader of this entire nation. And what you decide we need to do, we're going to carry it out. We're, we're your that. flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Not flesh and blood, but flesh, flesh and, and bone. bone. And we're going to do the actions. We, we trust you mm-hmm. to lead the way. And it says, uh, the, the, here's why. <laughs> what does it take? I wrote this down. What they, what they say about him is, when you weren't king, Mm-hmm. You, still you were still it. the one who led us out and brought us in. Mm-hmm. In other words, went to battle with us. We mm-hmm. could trust your leadership. What we found in Saul was Saul would make decisions that were the most boneheaded decisions because he didn't trust God. He didn't seek God's permission. He mm-hmm. put himself in situations where they were surrounded by the enemies mm-hmm. that we've read about, we've talked about in Sunday school. They're in different books than Chronicles. But he he would put it that were his people flee in terror because there is no true leadership. Mm-hmm. David didn't do that. David didn't do that. David sought God and his wisdom. He sought what God would have him to do. And we get the accounts of some of these events in mm-hmm. chapter 11 and chapter 12. Mm-hmm. And they trust him. Like, there's he, earned, he was the king before he was the king. I think that's mm-hmm. why there's three anointings. Mm-hmm. It's not a crown that makes you a king. It's not being... What made him a king was the fact that they trusted him completely. And that he was in, you know, there were times when Saul was surrounded and his men are separated from him in a battle, and he's not in the same place. Mm-hmm. David led them out and brought them in, mm-hmm. right? He's with them in the middle. I'm going to mm-hmm. fight with you in the middle of it. And I think it's there's mm-hmm. two really important concepts in these two chapters. The people could count on David, and David surrounded himself with people he could count on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they there was no way to figure that out without going through all the hard stuff. There was not a shortcut. 
to we that. We have said that so many times. Do you realize how many that times is today not a and how many times in the last few lessons we have had to say there is no shortcut? There, there was no shortcut to any of this. You know, David, you think about the struggles. If you want to read in the Psalms, the struggles he has hiding out in fear. Lord, how long mm-hmm. are you going to let my enemies triumph over me? How long until mm-hmm. you're going to do something? Mm-hmm. You're the one that put me in this position, Lord. And now here I am surrounded by people who want to kill me. Literally. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't feel bad. He was literally surrounded by people that want to yeah, kill him, yeah. right? But every bit of that God's using to prove to him who he can count and on, that hero what is a man of God like, mm-hmm. what is it like to follow God when you can't see the end of the, the line or the end result? Mm-hmm. Can you trust God in the worst situation possible? And the answer is yes. It's always our question, isn't it, right? Ken? We talk about that a lot, even in our Sunday school class. In our Sunday school lessons, can you trust God? Is He? Why do? Why do? You know what? Happen? You can't figure that out by me telling you. I can say to you, everybody yeah. watching, trust the Lord with all your heart. We say that like every week. We quote that verse, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And you know what that means to you? Unless you go through the bad stuff, nothing. Not a thing. You have to actually go through it yourself to figure out. I can trust the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And you have to go through. Bad I can trust to the do Lord, that. and I can figure out. Who I can trust as well. Who are the people around me that mm-hmm. God's put in my life that I can trust? And who are the people around me that I can't trust? Mm-hmm. That I love and I pray for and I want them to be okay, but I can't trust I them. I can't trust them. Mm-hmm. Right? But there are people, if you were if you were in a crisis right now, if I was in a crisis right now, I have people that I would immediately call. Mm-hmm. I do too. And I wouldn't even hesitate because I know mm-hmm. that they're trustworthy. How do I know they've been trustworthy before? Mm-hmm. Right? And they've shown <laughs> me, they've proven that. Right? Right. Those are the best kinds of friends. Those are the best kind of friends. Oh, and that's the kind of Those friends we should be. That's what friends. the church should be. That's what people, we should right? be, but I'm telling you but that. But we're not always that. You know how you figure out who that is? Yeah. Is you go through 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't come fast. And it wasn't easy. I guess that's the part it that isn't easy. I, I noticed this time around. I knew that. I already knew that he ran from Saul. I knew that Saul was after him. I knew that. But I never really put it in my brain about the things that you go through that are not easy that you have to go through to let God prove who he is I wrote I agree I mean I really didn't and the I, leadership that comes out of that situation we read this, we're not naturally careful. if we're not careful we read this story and we say David loves the Lord killed the, David killed the, giant, kills the giant became king David becomes king life is yeah. good his saw his sons mess up and you know he gets everything ready for the temple and we don't even think about because somehow when we read stories in the Bible, we let them be more what we just, we don't put in the detail to that. So I kind of just wrote down, uh, what does it take to be a godly leader? And I was thinking about David, and, I, and I'm not making up my opinion of it. I'm making up Samuel's opinion of it yep. and, the, and God's opinion of it in Scripture. And the first thing I thought was, he has got to have a heart after the Lord's own heart because Mm -hmm. the first thing Samuel says he tells Saul and and I wrote down where it is in 1 Samuel or 2 Samuel he tells Saul you've been rejected that's one of my favorites is that 2 Samuel 7 Um, I think it's 2 Samuel 2 verse 4 and if it's not you'll have to tell me when we get there but to set that up I just want to say he says to Saul you know what God has rejected you from being king because your heart's not God's heart your heart is to do what Saul would like to do and I'm seeking a king who will have a heart like mine Mm-hmm. who see it my way the very first thing you need to be is in line with God aligned mm-hmm. with God mm-hmm. if it's not there tell me you said first second Samuel, Samuel it's chapter not second two, Samuel. verse it four be, well that's where he gets anointed he got anointed there but I think okay it might be first Samuel 24 yeah, or 28 17 that sounds right first Samuel 28 17 I write things down I forget what my notes are <laughs> but keep talking though and I'll find him that's when it I, that's that's where it is and and you know who's speaking to him there is Samuel who's already passed away raised by the witch of Endor that's where mm-hmm. that's at because I made that note to myself Samuel says to him you know what you've been rejected from being king of Israel Saul because God's looking for someone after his own heart Yep, that's what it, is that says. What it says. Then said Samuel, Wherefore then dost thou ask of me, seeing the Lord is departed from me and is become thine enemy? So this is this is the witch this is at the witch of Endor. Mm-hmm. And the Lord hath done to him as he spake by me, for the Lord hath rent the kingdom out of thine hand and given it to thy neighbor, even to David, because thou obeyedest not the voice of the Lord, 
nor executed his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. But remember, it's not but, the exact word I'm looking for, but yes, but, but that the, is where he But says. the word that I'm looking for is where he says, it, I'm looking Come for, on, Saul. He wants obedience yeah. better obedience than sacrifice. Better you than can't sacrifice. make it work the way you want it to work and then say you followed God. You can't do things that please just I you. I think that's in 2420, but anyway, it doesn't, we don't have to find it. You guys look it up. <laughs> I think yeah, it is 2420 yeah, where he says that. I've written that down too. The first thing, you cannot be a leader until you can be led. I mean, I just thought about the fact that David is a shepherd for a reason. That's not an accident that God went and get the, got the young man who was taking care of the sheep to anoint to be king. He's a shepherd for a reason. He's take, You don't take care. The young man in the field doesn't own those sheep. Correct. Those sheep are owned by the master of the house. Mm -hmm. That's owned by his dad, yeah. Jesse. Yeah. But the master has given him the responsibility to care to for the sheep in his stead. David had to be led mm -hmm. to lead. Mm -hmm. He had to be shepherded to shepherd, mm -hmm. right? And when he becomes king, he had to know the king. Mm -hmm. He had to know the shepherd. He had to know the leader. Mm -hmm. And until he was mastered, he couldn't master. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think I, what you get with Saul is someone who's desperately trying to say, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. I'm the king. Do what I say and let it work my way. What you get from David is God is in charge. Oh, and yeah. I'm doing this for him. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's what makes a godly leader different than a worldly leader. A godly leader says, everything I touch belongs to my master. Mm -hmm. Right? And my job is to represent him. As best I can. Right? And, and as wisely as I can. And using the knowledge he's given me already. Right? And so, so, so David, when he's watching those sheep, are not watching them and just deciding on his own. His father has told him how to take care of these sheep. I think that's why scripture uses the reference of a shepherd to the pastors of the church. You're the shepherd of that group, that flock, that per you have to learn that too, right? Mm -hmm. That's not something you just come up with on your own. Second thing I wrote down just quickly for those first three verses that makes a good leader, and I'm thinking about David, is that it's not all about them. It's not a one-man show. So I wrote down good leaders surround themselves with good men. <laughs> you know, it's right? funny because I think in the world of my work life, as long as I've been in work and ever since I've had my business degree and all that, there are always, every day, every year, a new plan that comes out that tells you how to be the best leader ever. This is what a leader does. This is what a leader doesn't do. This is, And the truth of the matter is, this scripture tells you exactly what a leader does. You it don't. Does. It's not all about you. You've got to be a part of that group. You've got to pull in everybody. And what I want, what I want to not miss is these men surrounded, surrounding David in Hebron. They worked for Saul. Yes, they did. But under Saul, are they called the mighties? No, they're called the scattered. Mm -hmm. They're called the fearful. Mm -hmm. They're called. These are the same people that Saul had access to. Mm -hmm. But Saul didn't trust them. He didn't mm -hmm. trust the Lord first. He didn't trust. And then them he didn't trust who he was surrounded to. by. Mm -hmm. And everything was either Saul won or Saul lost. David. What we get from David in this chapter is David has surrounded himself by mighty men. And they're just as much the reason he's there as he is. And they're just as much right? the reason he's successful. Because God is using them just yes. like they're using him. To protect him and to show... He's not afraid of them. No. He's not, he's not intimidated by them. And he's, he's not, not trying to kill them. Of them. He shouldn't right. be running them off he's because they know more. they're around him. Yeah. And he's given honor to these mighty men. We should men, always surround right? ourselves with people that think a little bit different, are smart in different ways. Don't know, be Saul like that. You, don't, you be be don't be intimidated. Intimidated or, by or, anybody. No. Because, because it's not your show. It's not your show. You're right. <laughs> it's not your show. And I wish, um, and you know, there are so many times right? that we, as a church, we fall apart over that. Well, I don't like it that she thinks or he thinks or they do or what. You know what? It takes us all. It takes everybody contributing their piece to make a good church. And I said, third thing that makes a good leader is a lot of time in a cave. Because <laughs> yeah. David spent years, time in a cave. not just by himself, with these men mm -hmm. in a cave. What do I mean by with that? With them on the ground, on the what do I mean by that? floor, working There's level. a time when he was literally being hunted to death by Saul. Mm -hmm. Saul was killing priests. To mm -hmm. get to David, yes, he was. He was killing the men of God to get to David. He was, and they wouldn't. He did they wouldn't turn things. him in, mm -hmm. right? And and here's David with these valiant men. Some of these people that he's going to name were with him during all this time. Mm -hmm. He's going to tell you that, and they bide their time. They, somebody said today on on the internet, I can't remember who it was. They asked the question, "What is masculinity?" 
I didn't answer it, but I wanted to answer it. And I would like, I know there's a lot of different answers to that question, but when I think of masculinity, when I think of godly men, I think of skill and strength under control, divine Mm -hmm. control. I agree. Not out of control, under control. There's this time when David's being hunted and Saul enters the cave looking for David. He doesn't know he's there and he comes in to rest and he lays down and goes to sleep, right? Mm -hmm. And one of David's men, Mm -hmm. is it David or one of David's men, come down and cut a piece of the, is David himself, cuts a piece of garment off his robe Mm -hmm. while he's sleeping, just to let him know he was there. And he could have killed him. And they they had surrounded him. He could have ended his life. He had tried to end David's life. All of us would have been tempted to end his life right there. Mm -hmm. They don't. They don't. The, The men that are with David, these mighty, valiant men who could have taken Saul right at that moment, have self-control. Dave says, no, that is God's anointed. We are not touching him. And he had to repent mm-hmm. of even cutting that cloth he did. off of his robe. He said, should not have touched God's anointed. I and am sorry and for that, God. And you and I have talked about that too. Even this week we talked mm-hmm. about that. I don't, if, if, you, if you are a Christian or you are saying you're a Christian, am I allowed to just say and do anything I want to mm-hmm. to you, whether I'm right God's or more in right? You know, I... Hmm. God took care of Saul. That Saul's heart, gone. That Saul's sons heart are gone. Like David, that heart of David that says that's God's anointed. I'm not touching words, that. Saul didn't behave like a shepherd under a master, but no. David recognized him as a shepherd under a master because that's what he was anointed to do. And so David said, Samuel, "I'm not, not touching him. Anyway. I'm not doing that." I want to say this because thank you so. to Mark. Mark found it. It was first First uh, Samuel fifteen twenty two. Okay, that is where he says to After him, his own heart. Uh, Samuel says, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, mm-hmm. and to heareth, to hearken, than the fat of rams. So all the sacrifices, all the stuff you do, is nothing compared to are you being obedient to what and God told you? And I don't think you. you've earned your time in the castle unless you've spent your time in the cave. I don't think until God trains you to obey him above what you think you ought to be doing. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you enter into leadership? Can you control yourself? Can you obey God and not men? You don't get to be in the castle if you can't hang out in the cave. Uh, that's kind of true. I, I really believe that. I think those three things are what God's looking for in a leader. It's not all about you. right? And First you know of all, though? get your heart right with God. And then third of all, you need to obey when you don't see yourself on a throne yet, you see yourself as hunted and persecuted and misused and talked about, and, and somebody don't like and me, and somebody doesn't care about me, my feelings hurt, and people are mean to me, and you still need to be able to say, God has anointed me. Obedience he made a promise back here, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bide my time in self-control and he's until made God a says go. Every Christian has the promise, right? right? We have the promise of eternal life. We have the promise of things we can't see yet. But we don't get to act any old way we want to because, you know, that's... you, you gotta start, you got to prove yourself in the cave. And you got to have a heart bent toward God. And I love that the men in Hebron, that he's going to tell you their names and their valiant mm-hmm. works, are with him in the cave. Mm-hmm. They're with him in the cave. And you don't get to hang with me when I'm king mm-hmm. if you don't hang with me when I'm hunted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't get that, mm-hmm. that honor that comes... So we're from being faithful in the hard place. So let's think about that just for a minute. And I know I'm going to take this off to a different angle, but let's think about that for a minute. As a church, how does that apply to us? We every church, every congregation, every family goes through really hard times. They do. Who's going to stay when it isn't fun? Mm -hmm. Who's going to stay when the work needs to be done? Mm -hmm. When it's not all shouting and it's not all running the aisles and it's not all victory. When the hard things happen, who stays? And and you and Kate were talking about this before we started this lesson. We remember days in churches when there was shouting and running the aisles. But we a very simple thing that we remembered and talked about was how people prayed out loud. That altar of prayer. And I can tell you for a fact... That was one of the first things that I absolutely loved about coming out of the Catholic Church and into into this church was I, I was amazed at the sound of all the people praying out loud at the same time. And for a while it was like, what the heck? Why are we doing that? But it was such a good sound. 
and then we were talking tonight, we've kind of got away from that. People get a little nervous about what they're saying out loud and, you know. Self-conscious. Self-conscious to say something out loud. I don't think it's being loud. bad. I think it's self-conscious But, but who are the about people it. then that are going to teach the next generation. They won't hear it like I heard it. What this is if we don't do it. So I know what prayer sounds like. Why? Because they prayed out loud. I know what praise sounds like because I heard them praise. Mm -hmm. I know what the Bible says because I heard it spirit-filled preaching. Mm Mm-hmm. Like we yes. have to keep that going. And it's like it's so, like air. So what we need you're it. saying is, is who stays? Who, who does stays? that when it's rough? When you got to mm-hmm. teach that? When, when you're gotta, the only voice? When you got to be a voice and you're not used to doing that very well and you don't feel very comfortable? Yeah, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. Families and churches and groups of any kind always work better together. And Kate would you, say, "You just do that." <laughs> That's what she, you're not how do you do point. that you just do that you because do you what to. you have to do because obedience you do what you is need better than sacrifice it's better right? you just do what needs to be done there's mm-hmm. people I guess sometimes I know we uh, did a little thing this week and I loved it went to uh, went out as a girls night kind of a thing and loved it loved it loved it loved it but I thought I have become very self-focused because I've been dealing with my own stuff and the people that I got to talk to in some depth or just watch in some depth. You're this all dealing week, with your own stuff. We're all dealing with stuff. So we to build this camaraderie, these mighty men, these warriors that work together, you have to quit thinking about yourself all the time and think about somebody else and do what's better in their eye. Do what's just like in the church, what are you gonna do for the next generation? And for the leaders in the church, how are you helping them? How are you praying for them? What are we doing to be spiritual? And then for the individual groups, what are we doing for each other to build that strength in numbers? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. I, do you think we got lazy? What do you think? Do you think we're just lazy or we're just self-focused or does Satan just take all of our time and we think about, you know, we're, there's we have no time left because there's always something going on. I don't know. I think all of that, but I just think you you do it does take time to look around and say who stayed mm-hmm. who's still here and then truly love and appreciate the people and honor the people who stayed mm-hmm. and more i want everybody to come i do too but i but i especially want to bring honor to people who stayed because i want to say you know what god's best highest praise the thing i long to hear more than anything on the planet Thou good and faithful servant well done good Thou and good and faithful. faithful you've been faithful and he doesn't exaggerate just a few things you didn't get you didn't get much you did you a few things right good job mm-hmm. i'll make you ruler over many if i could just hear that mm-hmm. ruler over many th- well done just a few things you know and the Mm -hmm. few things uh, that's because his yoke is easy his burden is light we Mm -hmm. think god wants all this from you and he's trying to take from you god has given you very little really that that you are responsible for because he did the work to save you to keep you to bless you to what he gave you the holy spirit he's given you these few things that he's asked you to do for his sake we think we have a million things to do he's given us a few Mm -hmm. and if we're faithful we get to hear a well done. And you know what? He is faithful to us. He shows us every day how he faithful is always he faithful. is. So read read 4 so through four, 9, four and we'll talk nine. about that. Let's, I don't know how far we'll get, but this is called a classical joke. Okay? And the reason I'm going to tell you this is because when I read this, I went, oh my, David, why in the heck did you do that? <laughs> I probably shouldn't say heck on the, the thing. But anyway, um, I said, well, why would you be making a joke about killing blind and crippled people? Yes. What is happening here? So I had to look it up and see what was going on here. And I, and I found out. So what you hear in so here, here, this is trash talking. And here we go. And I'll explain it after we read it. Okay. I think the trash. Okay. Okay. And four David, verse 4 of chapter 11. And David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, which is... Jebus, where the Jebusites were, the inhabitants of the land. And the inhabitants of Jabus said to David, Thou shalt not come hither. Nevertheless, David took the castle of Zion, which is the city of David. And David said, Whosoever smiteth the Jebusites first shall be chief and captain. So Joab, so Joseph, I'll do it. of Jeremiah, <laughs> went up said, first and was chief. And David dwelt in the castle 
Therefore they called it the city of David, and he built the city round about, even from Milo round about, and Joab repaired the rest of the city. So David waxed greater and greater, for the Lord of hosts was with him. So, so the poor David just slaughtered these poor Jebusites. No, wait, no, well, no, wait, 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 no, wait, no. You go to Second Samuel. Yeah, I was going to say the part you're looking five, for. Five, one through nine, and because I'm like, what's happening here? Why so are we just slaughtering so Jebusites at, around so here? So well, what's going on with this? So we don't like to, to just slaughter Jebusites. What's happening? Hold on. So okay. Five through. What did you say? Five. It's Second Samuel chapter five, verses one through nine. Okay, Get a little so bit more on this so let's encounter. Do this. Then came all the tribes of Israel to David unto Hebron and spake, saying, Behold, we are thy bone and thy flesh. And we read that in the other section. But it's almost word for word, word. the same thing. Also in time past, when Saul was king over us, thou wast he that leddest out and broughtest in Israel. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said to thee, Thou shalt feed my people Israel, and thou shalt be captain over Israel. And again, that's where I said before, they already Mm -hmm. know what God has done. So all the elders of Israel came to the king to Hebron, and King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. Keep going. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years. In Hebron he reigned over Jeru- Judah seven years and six months, and in Jerusalem he reigned thirty year- and three years over all Israel. Now here's the part we just read. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem unto the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, which spake unto David, saying, Except thou take away the blind and the lame, <laughs> thou shalt not come in hither. Mm-hmm. Thinking, David cannot come in hither. Ha well, ha. No, not even that. Let me explain the Never, joke because I didn't get it. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, the same as the city of David. And David said on that day, Whosoever getteth up to the gutter, Right? Whoever get up to the gutter and smiteth the Jebusites and the lame and the blind that are hated of David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. <laughs> David just hates blind people. <laughs> I mean, what kind of king is this? Wherefore they said, the blind and the lame shall not come into the house. So David, David made a funny because they first made a mockery. And let me tell you what's happening mm-hmm. here. So the Jebusites are one of the tribes. When Joshua comes into land, Joshua leads the people to fight the battles to win the land of Canaan. Joshua does a great job. He does what God says he's led by God but Joshua dies Mm -hmm. and the people refused to continue to do what God had commanded them to do the Jebusites are one of the tribes that they did not conquer that they Mm -hmm. they allowed to stay stay. when God said do not allow to stay and they they the mockery the joke they make when David comes in is Saul didn't mess with this Joshua didn't mess with us if you do or we are we a bunch of if we were just a bunch of blind and lame people let me say this way they're saying it we could still keep you from conquering us. <laughs> That's the joke. That, and I had to look that up. I'm like, what is happening here? Are they really a bunch of blind and lame people? <laughs> they we're going in and just slaughter? The joke is, if we were just a bunch of blind and, and lame people, Joshua couldn't do it. Saul couldn't do it. And who are you? You're not going to take this land. This is ours. So, this so is J- David, David says, hey, you know what? First one to go kill all those blind and lame people. <laughs> the, the joke is, we're taking what God gave us. We're doing what God told us to do. We're finishing the job that everybody else, including Saul, slacked off and didn't do. Mm -hmm. In other words, God's going to give us the land he said he was going to give us, and it's time to take it. Mm -hmm. And the enemies aren't going to stand there and mock us, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Apply that spiritually today. This This is Old Testament. God has given this to them. God told them what to do in this situation. David is finally obeying. Saul would not obey with the Amalekites and do what God had commanded him to do. David said, first one up there to do what God told us to do, mm-hmm. he's getting a reward. He's going to be the head of this thing. Mm-hmm. Joab goes, I got it. Mm-hmm. I'm taking my men. We're doing what God told us to do. Mm-hmm. So it, it put, apply that spiritually to a New Testament Christian. Okay, put this for us because we're not out slaughtering blind and lame and they weren't blind and lame, they by the way. Blind and lame. But, but what we're talking about is God has said he'll free you from your sin. The chains are broken. He who is made free is, is free, free indeed. indeed. He said you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you agree together concerning anything and it be God's will, no, it shall be done. done. Mm-hmm. Right? In other words, God has given these great and generous prospects promises to us he has given us the promised land mm-hmm. right that doesn't mean life's perfect but no. god has given us the promised land mm-hmm. we walk in the spirit we live with christ dwelling among us right mm-hmm. as his people we are his church it's time that we say even that thing that i think god can't handle 
We're going to go and take that thing in the power of Christ. We are not going to let it control us anymore. So I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven, but I'm still under this. I'm still a divorced person, and I can't do anything in the church because I've got this issue in my life. I am still, I've got this issue with this sin, and I'm always tempted and falling in it, falling in it, falling in it. You know what? It's time to conquer the Jebusites. Mm -hmm. It's time to say, God has said I don't have to be under that anymore. Mm -hmm. God has said I've got freedom from that. He said Mm -hmm. he who is free is free indeed, right? Mm -hmm. Born again means everything died, and all things have become new. Mm And I'm not going to sit around and be mocked mm-hmm. by the things that are weaker than him. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. And not only did he take it, he made it the capital city. And he made it, and he calls it Zion. He said, not only am I taking what God said I could have, mm-hmm. I'm going to build right here something the world's never seen. Mm-hmm. This is the place where God's going to put his name. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, this is it. the place where I, he's going to meet with his people right here and hear their prayer. Mm-hmm. Because Satan can't have it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let him. And that's what David says to the Jebusites. You can't have it. Mm-mm. God's already said this is ours. Mm-hmm. Which is a little bit... And you can't have it. A little bit futuristic, too, when you think about some of the yeah. other things that are supposed to happen. That's what they eventually Right happens. now, there's the there's a mosque sitting on the site that David said, God will put his name... He'll right put it right here. here. Mm-hmm. This is where God's going to hear our prayers right now. Someday mm-hmm. it's going to be said, you know what? The Jebusites have got to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get in big trouble with this when this is the internet. (laughs) But God has given us this. Mm -hmm. And it says, and and David dwelt in the castle. Didn't even, I mean, it goes, go get it, done it. You know why? Because God already said he could have it. Mm -hmm. David dwelt in the castle and built a city round about it. Right? It wasn't a big deal. Go Mm -hmm. get it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've David, already said you can have. So verse nine. So David waxed greater and greater. So for I don't the mean Lord to be like that kind of him. person, but what is it? Yes. I agree. What is it that you have not said that God can take care of? You've said, you know, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven, but I'll never get over this. I'll never get over this abuse. I'll never get over this mm-hmm. sin that was done to me. I can never forget what this person did to me. I'm always dragged back mm-hmm. into this situation again and again and again. What is it that you've let the Jebusites keep that God said you could have? freedom from and deliverance from and get it that's where god wants to build you and make you able to minister to other people as that place that you think god can't handle and that's why david is a man after god's own heart not only does he, he inquire god of him, about it when god says something he doesn't say do you suppose he means that do you really think that'll work do you think that'll be okay he just goes Obedience. you know how he learned that in, in a cave, cave. <laughs> That's how he learned it, in a cave, because in a cave, when all hope was gone, and if you don't think he thought all hope was gone, you haven't read Psalms. The Psalms he wrote in the cave were, how are we ever going to get out of this mess? Mm-hmm. And but why the God who got him me? out of why the cave, Why do they chase my right? soul? Why do they, yes. The God who gets him out of the cave can handle the Jebusites. The God that saved our soul can Especially handle anything they, in your life. But it doesn't that matter that they talk is, big either. It's a problem you can't get over. Right? It doesn't handle. matter that the Jebusites Go talk ahead and a big talk. Me. God Go said ahead. I can have it. Doesn't matter what I can have it. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That's a very good point for the church to remember, too. Joshua didn't get there because he didn't live long enough. Everybody else chickened out and didn't take it, made compromise with this thing. We said, you know what? We've got enough of a kingdom. Leave them alone. We don't have to take that part. Compromise with the situation. We'll just keep it hanging on to it. Saul says, you know, it's not worth fighting over. I've got my own issues I want to accomplish. But David said, God said we can have it. We're taking it. Mm -hmm. It's ours. And in a couple verses, he's going to tell you, Satan isn't even getting a bean patch. <laughs> That's right. That's what he's going to tell you. He said, we're going to stand right here in this mm-hmm. barley field and, and fight to the death with the Philistines because you can't even have that. You can't have that at all. Mm-hmm. It belongs to us. God said we could have it. And that, kind of, that's <laughs> right? kind of a, that kind of makes you go, yay, God. It right? ought to because mm-hmm. it's, it's not in our, what did he say when he fought Goliath? It's not my might or my power. But by thy spirit, and it's he the also Lord said, that's going to fight this battle. Is Jesus himself saying, and upon this rock, Peter, I'm I'll building build my, my church, church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail you against it. You can't lose you on this. That, no. You, it is it's not yours. going to fall because of something I forgot. And what is that Or rock? God forgot. You are the Son of God. The Christ, the Son you of the You are Christ, God. the Son of the living God. Mm-hmm. Nobody can take it, what he's given you in Christ. And, and, the, and Satan can't. He will try to intimidate you and think try, you don't have it. He but will he, try to minimize it, it in your matter. life. It's really not that important. Oh, no, the blind and the really. lame could kick you out of the city. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. God said I can have it. It's mine. Right? Mm-hmm. Good point. 
Good point. I'm wondering if we have any comments. No, uh, no comments not. yet. 10 to 14. 10 to 14. Here's the roll call of David's mighty men. Mm -hmm. These also are the chief of the mighty men whom David had, who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom and with all Israel, to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. And this is the number of the mighty men whom David had. Joshabim, a Hakmonite, the chief of the captains, he lifted up his spear against 300 slain by him at one time. I mean, let's just glance over that. Yeah, 300 people. He conquered people. 300 at one time. Just him. Just him. No, not just him. This him and the Lord. Him and the Lord, right. Many men of David. <laughs> right? Yes, him yes. and the Lord took chief down 300 in one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, who was one of the three mighties. I love this. This is the bean patch. He was with David at Pastanum, and there the Philistines were gathered together to battle, where was a parcel of ground full of barley, and the people fled from before the Philistines. You know why they fled? Because they, they thought, I'm not dying over a barley patch. <laughs> the Philistines can have it. And their leadership was under Saul. Saul. Mm -hmm. But here's David and his mighties, with and, this man in particular this guy, being Eleazar named. says, And they set themselves in the midst of that parcel, and delivered it, and slew the Philistines, and the Lord saved them by a great deliverance. Because Satan can't have any of it. We, he don't he doesn't get nothing nothing we don't want him to have nothing now verse 15 now three of the 30 captains went down to the rock to david into the cave of adullam and the host of the philistines encamped in the valley of raphium and david was then in the hold and the philistines garrison was then at bethlehem so here he's back in that cave right mm -hmm. with these men and david longed and said oh that one would give me a drink of water of the well of Bethlehem that is at the gate. <laughs> and the three break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Now, first of all, that's amazing right there. First of all, the Philistines have his hometown. Mm -hmm. And David's in jail. Mm -hmm. And these men who are hiding from these mighty Philistines who we talked about last time. Technology is superior, numbers are superior, strength is superior, and leadership mm -hmm. is superior because Saul is in charge, right? And, and we don't have good leadership going on. But these men break through the ranks of the Philistines just to get him a drink of water. Because he said that. Because they love him so mm -hmm. much. Because he said that. Because I'd he like takes them out that. and leads mm -hmm. them in because mm -hmm. he is a leader. Mm -hmm. And they care about him. If he wants a drink of water, and we're willing to die to get him a drink of water. And when you read this next part, you might be tempted to think that, that, that David does a very I I can't believe he did this. <laughs> but David says, but then it says, but David would not drink of it, but poured it out unto the Lord. Can you see their faces? But he, <gasps> but he poured it out to the Lord. It's an offering yes, to God. And said, my God forbid it me that I should do this thing. Shall I drink the blood of these men that have put their lives in jeopardy? For with the jeopardy of their lives, they brought it. Therefore, he would not drink it. These things did these three mightiest. And they loved him even more. Because he kind of gave was, them praise. I don't deserve that you did that for me. Anything you do that valiantly, that greatly, that belongs to my master. Mm -hmm. This is God's said. water. And that's why I gave this, it to God. This he is why I gave to it to God. I'm not worthy of what you guys are doing, but wow, are you amazing. And that you gave your and lives. They and, and they and yeah, They would have followed him anywhere. Because it's not, it's not about... I'm just callous. You did this, and that's no big deal. This is, Lord, do you realize what these I people mean, are? I mean, I'm putting words in his mouth, but I, th I feel like Saul would have had a very different response to that action. He was like, finally, they're acknowledging me as the boss. Mm -hmm. Good job. David says, Lord, this can only be worthy of God himself and not me. Because look what you went through mm -hmm. and the blood that you could I'm have lost to do this. I'm not worth in your lives, but mm -hmm. God is yeah. worth that. Do we do that? Do we recognize when the praise really belongs to God and not to us? We do crave praise. You know we do. As you human had, beings, can you imagine? We like how to be much told we're good. To drink that water. Mm -hmm. Yes, especially since he said that. But too. the awareness of I'm not worthy of that water, mm -hmm. right? Or that you guys are this mm -hmm. this valiant that you would mm -hmm. go get it. Verse twenty. And Abishai, the brother of Joab, he was chief of the three for lifting up his spear against 300, and he slew them and had a name among the three. Of the three, he was more honorable than the two, for he was their captain, howbeit he attained not to the first three. 
Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of Kabzeel, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. Mm-hmm. I like that because in that <laughs> phrase, can't you just picture these guys? Mm-hmm. Also, he went down and slew a lion in a pit on a snowy day. Well, yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Indubitably. <laughs> well, I suppose you need to slow, slow hey, a lion on a snowy day. If I had done that, I would want you to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> he yes. went into a pit on a snowy day and, and killed a lion. Not only did he kill a lion like men, he killed a real thing. <laughs> yes. And he did. That's not funny. In I don't know pit. why I'm laughing. I don't know, but it always makes me laugh. It's so poetic. <laughs> it's such a poetic word. I wish. I feel like there's more to that story that I wish that I, I knew, wish I knew mm-hmm. why he was in that pit on a snowy, on a snowy day. day with a lion. But he went down and he did that, and that was good. And Evidently, verse, the, the people, it was worthy to be recorded. It was worthy to be recorded in the Word of God. So, verse twenty-three, and he slew an not Egyptian. Only that, <laughs> not only that, he slew an Egyptian. He, uh, yep, a man a, a of giant. great stature, five cubits high. And so, in, a cubit is roughly eighteen inches. Think of eighteen inches times five. This is a big dude. And right? in the Egyptian's hand was a spear like a weaver's beam, and he went down to him with a staff. And plucked, plucked the spear, the spear out, out, of the out of his hand. hand and killed him with his own spear. So get this, don't skip it. He's got a stick, <laughs> a spear. Yeah. And, no, it says he's the, the, oh, he, has he has a, a staff. Stick. He has a staff. This giant of an Egyptian warrior has a, has a spear as big as a weaver's beam. So he kind of throws the stick, runs and grabs the spear and kills him with it, <laughs> and takes his spear. That's a mighty man, That's right a there. Mighty man. Yep. <laughs> I wouldn't That's want to mess a, with that guy. I would not either. He's already killed two men like lions in, yeah. a, in a pit. With a stick, <laughs> he went after this guy. Verse 24. I'm sorry, we're laughing a little hey, bit just because. I'm proud of him. I am too. <laughs> and we get to meet these guys someday, yes. right? And these things did Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and had the name among the three mighties. Behold, he was honorable. Among the thirty, but attained not to the first three. He wasn't even the best one. And David set him over his guard. Mm-hmm. Also, the valiant men of the armies were Ashael, the brother of Joab, Ethanan, the son of Dodo of Bethlehem, Shamath, you just did this, so I'd have to say these words, the Heroite. No, you don't even have to read them all. Hela, you, Hela, Hela, watch, 28. Ira, the son of someone, uh, 29. Sebekel, uh, Ilii. But I want to get down to, uh, yes. where is he? 32, Huri, the books, Amazon, sons of Hashem. Come on, Joel, the brother of Nathan, the Ammonite. Ira, the Urtite, 41, husband? Uriah, the Hittite, gets named among his mighty men. Zabad, the son of Ahio. This is like, to me, this is like my grandpa every year. Uh-huh. We, we would go to the memorials for mm-hmm. all the men in the county that served in all the wars. And we would look. He'd say, now that was my neighbor. Mm-hmm. And that's my brother. And that's my other brother. In the Pacific, he did this and he did that. He, he wanted me to know where their names were on the memorials and what they had done and what mm-hmm. they had been. And mm-hmm. There's been a Barkas in every war since America was started. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. That's the truth. It's mm-hmm. in the book. So there's been a Barkas in every war that fought for Somewhere. our nation. And I want you to know who they are. Here's their names. Here's the thing. So this is the list of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. These are the men mm-hmm. loyal to David mm-hmm. from the start. From the beginning. These are It tells you in chapter 12, men. when it tells you more mighty men, it says, these are the ones before he's king... Mm-hmm. Right, that were with him when Saul's persecuting him. That's what verse one says. Mm-hmm. They were his helpers, his defense. They didn't kill Saul. These but they protected they, David. They came to David while and he they protected yet kept Israel close because of Saul. So, chapter twelve is more of these names, mm-hmm. and one of these great, and mighty, and valiant, and loyal men that surrounded David is Uriah the Hittite. Hittite. Puts a whole new spin on what David did when he sins mm-hmm. later on, that this is someone David trusted completely mm-hmm. and who completely trusted David, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's why it makes it such a grievous that thing. That makes it heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. He is one of these mighties. But, I, but like you said, I want you to notice that there are um, Ashtites, Hoahites, Dodoites. I mean, there's all kinds of... And I mean, I, David is a man after God's own heart. God does establish his throne forever. The Messiah comes through his line. But when we start talking, when we see that name Uriah, we go, ouch. Mm-hmm. And that's because one thing you need to remember about being a leader 
is when you do fail because you don't follow what God would have you to do, Mm -hmm. the damage is enormous. Enormous. Mm -hmm. Because a leader that God has put into a, a position has a responsibility to care about the people under his leadership. He is a shepherd. Mm -hmm. And how well did he shepherd Uriah? Right? Mm -hmm. He had a responsibility to take care of him Mm -hmm. for the Lord, Mm -hmm. to honor him for the Lord. And And that's why it's such a big, big And I'm sure if we went through some of the other names, we'd find some other stories down here. And I think... And there's a story in your your life, too. So what do you do when you... Yes. I mean, we're not there to that story, but what do you do when you've blown it completely? Mm-hmm. When you mess when up When you made a mistake time. that big. Mm-hmm. There's only one thing you do, and that's what David did. He repented. He acknowledged. He agreed with God about what he had done. He, he didn't, didn't ha- say, like Saul might have said, yeah, but I, but it was because of... I read somewhere know. today when I came to that verse that uh, one of the commentators had said that there was... And I don't know how they figured this out, so you'll have to forgive me if this is wrong. One of the commentators said that when you read the Psalms, it took a while... For David to acknowledge the, the sin, like it took, he 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 put a number of years on it. I'm not going to do that because I don't even know how you came up with that number. But he said, you have these psalms written, and then all of a sudden you have him start saying, "And I'm guilty," mm-hmm. right? In these psalms and begging the mercy of God and accepting the mercy of God. Mm-hmm. But David had to have a heart after God's own heart. You have to agree with God about your sin. You have to agree that I can't make an excuse for it. I can't make a justification for it. I can't gloss over it because anybody would have done it. I can't say I'm a king. I had a right to it. I have to say, you know what? Somebody else's fault. I I did did wrong. And accept that from God and agree with God about it. A leader has to do that. And you know what? I say a leader has, I almost said a leader has to do that if he sins. A leader has to do that when he sins because you're just you know what just because you became a leader doesn't mean you became perfect no no and that you're you're not going to think wrong or you're not going to get no you're still human and you're still in the flesh and you're still going to have those moments and we're always shocked we're always surprised yes but we're not shocked when we like if I do something, if I, <laughs> if do something, I did it, I had a perfectly good reason. But if somebody who's a leader does it, then it's the end of the world. Like, I can't believe that someone who calls himself a man of God would make a mistake. Like, can you believe that you've made a mistake like that? Can you believe that human beings since the beginning of time are, are tempted like to sin and have fallen and the only perfect being to ever live is Jesus Christ himself because he was the son of God and he paid the debt for mm-hmm. us. I mean, we really ought to not live a godly life in front of people, be an example, believe what God says. We should do what God says. But we should not be shocked when people are people. No. and yet We should we agree with are. God about it and mm-hmm. repent and turn, but we shouldn't be shocked because no. people are people. And, we, and your leaders need you to forgive them just like you need them to forgive you. And right? we don't do that very well. Do we? I don't think so. I don't think we do that very well. I don't think so. We hide that because nobody's going to understand. We justify that because I've got to give people a reason why I did. I got to make it look better than it really is. When God asks his leaders to agree with him about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Just a little note that I see here in my Bible, too, that I just want to say when it gets through um, chapter, what, 11 and 12, talking mm-hmm. about the loyal warriors the the mighty men of israel Mm -hmm. you don't notice it but it's three hundred eighteen thousand six hundred eighty two that's listed out in here Mm -hmm. just and you know that's a lot of loyal warriors don't you think Mm -hmm. for for all of the stuff that's going on and for all the time that david's running from saul and from all the time that saul's messing up and that's a lot of mighty men i did just kind of want to i think we we've got time to just talk about what chapter 12 is i know we're almost out of time aren't we but yes chapter 12 is more of the naming of the heroic deeds and and it it goes more into the skill they could they could throw with their right and left Mm -hmm. hand they could battle with this sword in this hand and do this thing over here this is how skilled that they were but what i really wanted to focus on is that when you get down to verse 22 it says for a wait no, no, no. It, it, I wrote down all these different verses I wanted to stop at, but I'm going to go to 22. It says, For at that time, day by day, there came to David to help him until it was a great host like the host of God. When you looked at the... these, What, I, what struck me with this is these men were always there. Mm-hmm. And they could have been Saul's men too. 
They could have been. That's what it says. When it when you look at the men gathered together around David, it said this looks like the army of God. That's what mm-hmm. that host of God. This is like this is like an angel army. Mm-hmm. Look at these mighty valiant men wanting to do the right thing. That's what godly leadership does. It sees that these people that everybody else was not seeing, mm-hmm. right? really are and look a at, mighty force for God. They really at, can do but something. But look at verse 23 too. It says, And these are the numbers of the bands that were ready armed to the war and came to David to Hebron to turn the kingdom of Saul to, to him, him according to the word of the Lord. By God's word. Mm-hmm. And then it tells you, I wanted to go to verse 40. I know there's so many. But verse 40 says, Moreover, they that were nigh them, even unto Issachar, Zebulon, because it names Naphtali. more of these names by tribe brought bread and they came together meals of cakes and of figs bunches of raisins and wine oil and oxen this is what i want to get to and sheep abundantly for there was joy in israel in israel when god's bands on the throne there is joy there's joy Mm -hmm. in israel and that joy was a long time coming it was That joy was a long time coming. That joy was endurance. That joy was patience. That joy was self-control. That joy joy was suffering. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. But that joy was coming. But that joy finally got there. And now the joy is there. And now everybody has come together rejoicing because the man of God is on the throne. throne, Mm -hmm. Right? And they can recognize, they can get behind this man. And their greatness, that's what we've been talking about for two chapters, Mm -hmm. is shining because of who's on the throne. And that's what I want to bring to the, our New Testament understanding, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus actually says a very weird thing to his disciples one time. I, he, a lot of what he says, we just scratch our head because we don't think like Jesus. And when we get what Jesus says, it's so much more beautiful than our understanding. He said, it's good for me to go away. Mm-hmm. And the disciples are thinking, how can that be good? Mm-hmm. How can Jesus leaving be a good thing? Be a good thing? He said, it's good for me to go away because I'm going to send another comforter. He's going to come to you, and, and you're going to do more than I've done. He says, you're going to do greater works than these. And the disciples are going, really? we're, we're going to heal blind eyes. We're going to see the dead raised. We're going to see. They can't comprehend what mm-hmm. he's saying could possibly be the truth. But you know what? It's the truth. Mm-hmm. Jesus ascended into heaven. He's at the right-hand side of God. He's making intercession for us. But he surrounded himself. Mm-hmm with born-again believers that are part of the body of Christ operating in this world. And they get to do more things than these, Mm -hmm. right? They get to go be the body of Christ in the world, spreading the gospel in every corner of the globe. There's joy, right? Because the king is on the throne. He's sitting where he's supposed to be sitting. The king is on the throne, but it doesn't say David did this and David did that. David did this and this and this. They did this. All of these people did this pulling together they did this for the love and respect they had for david we have the love and respect for jesus christ but we also have the holy spirit empowering us to do it we've got better deal than this Mm -hmm. right there are greater things that should be happening through us right now Mm -hmm. because god is on the throne and he is always and christ is making intercession and we've got the holy spirit living in us us. yes greater things should be happening right now And if we're not, and the greater thing is the gospel. If we focus right? on the greater things instead of on the pettiful things, we would be better off too. Obedience better mm-hmm. than sacrifice. Saul's not on the throne; Christ is. Mm-mm. But we look around and we see, we see a president, we see a Congress, we see a World Economic Forum, we see NATO, we see the United Nations. We say Saul's on the throne. Look at no, Saul's not on the throne. God's on the throne, mm-hmm. and all these things will be taken care of. Right? God mm-hmm. is going to take care of all these things. We need to do what we're things. supposed to do, yes. But we need to be serving a king who's sitting on the throne. And yes. we can do greater things. We should. I agree with right? that. And we shouldn't lose the hope and the don't forget who's ruling. confidence in that. There's if you don't forget who's ruling, there will be joy in Israel. Mm-hmm. Right? I agree. And joy in the world. Joy for us. Abundance. So, we are so. out of time. We did get there. Thank you. That was a good... I like the way you ended that. That was very positive. I like that. Um, for someone who has been in church a long time... You need to reevaluate where your confidence is at. Who are you trusting? Who are your mighty men? Who is the king? The king for us is Christ. And I say for people that are newly Christians or not Christians at all, did the mighty men know know they were mighty men? Probably Probably not. not. Mm -mm. Probably not while they were hiding in caves. Mm -mm. Probably not while they, they were trying to figure out how to protect Israel while having to fight their own king. Because he sees them as an enemy. Mm-hmm. These men, I keep saying this. I know I'm repeating myself. I'm sorry. They could have worked for Saul. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they could. They they could have kept him from losing and dying and suffering and his sons dying. They could have done it because if he'd have recognized that God is in control, mm-hmm. I'm doing this for God and these people he's given me, they're going to be able to help me mm-hmm. instead of I'm jealous of these people. They're my enemy too. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only one that can get credit and glory and power and honor. Mm-hmm. What a fool. What a fool. He died as a fool dies. He dies as, yep. That's what Isn't that said. the verse mm-hmm. that it says? He, he says, died as a fool, fool dies. Because he, he, these mighty men were there. Mm-hmm. But until God is recognized as the authority and given the headship His that he has and the place. honor that he has, mm-hmm. and until you have a leader that can show them that look what you, look what you did and what you can do, mm-hmm. right? And they don't know they're mighty men. And that's kind of what we... I think young Christians don't know you're mighty men. You've mm-hmm. got the power of the Holy Spirit in you. You've got Christ at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you. Yep. You have the promises he's given you that you don't have to be afraid. You can be made free. God is in control of all things. He is the king. He has all power, all glory, all wisdom. You have that. If you get stuck in a cave, he's You don't know your mighty men yet, you but, you can't, but you are. But you are. And we all are. We should be. And the church of God is not defeated. The gates of hell shall will not, not prevail, prevail against, against it. it. People misunderstand that verse. They think that means hell's attacking us, which, you know, Satan attacks us. But that word, the gates of hell shall not prevail, means it can't stand up to me. Mm-hmm. I can take it. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. The gates defend the city. Mm-hmm. The gates of hell are the, the, the gates that protect hell. And it says, they can't stand up to me. Mm-hmm. Because got I've got the, the power of God mm-hmm. yep. in me. Yep. Right? They can't stand up to Christ. What an awesome thought. What, how much below our privileges we live. How much mm-hmm. below what we could be if we could just keep our mind set and renew our mind daily to the right way. Thank you for joining us. We will end this evening, hopefully, be back next week and just keep continuing with First Chronicles. Thank you for joining us. Keep your Bibles open. Be battle ready.